Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another brand new episode from the Geek Buddies. <gasps> hey! We're back again with another week of geeky goodness, talking about uh, all the things that are happening. But no, we're doing something very unusual this time around for this episode. And this is what they call a trailer. So here's the trailer for the whole episode. We're going to be just talking trailers, trailers trailers the whole episode this is a shannon mcclung special it's, but it's actually it's actually trailers 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 oh fair enough fair enough it's the yeah it's, it's right so there's a there's a uh, part one and then there's a sequel so that's what we've got going on here within the show itself and we're excited to get into it but let's introduce ourselves first i am the outlaw john roca writer producer and host here on the outlaw nation and on the geek buddies i am michael vogel i'm a writer and producer of animated tv shows and movies and a co-host here on the Geek Buddies. <laughs> and this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Silicon Valley, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and the Goldbergs. I am also a host <laughs> of the Geek Buddies. You bastard. Anyway, we're just, and uh, we're excited to be sponsored yet again by the great folks over there at Carbon Health, uh, powering the show, for lack of a better term, so great to see them being a part of us and hanging out with us and sponsoring us as we do our shows and our reviews. And, of course, with Carbon Health, don't forget all the particulars here. They are they have urgent care, primary care, virtual care. They're a leading national health care provider with a mission to bring high-quality health care to everyone. They've got 90 clinics in 14 states. They offer virtual care in 24 states. They believe that everyone deserves good health, and they like making high-quality health care accessible for everyone, and they create Healthcare plans that are specific to you, not to everybody, not to your age, not your gender, not your ethnicity. No, specifically to you based on your own health. So pretty cool stuff they got there, Mike I, and Shannon. I think they're great people there at Carbon Health. I mean, I, I'm glad we have them. I have. Do you guys have like late night anxieties? Do you guys have of course. Like, I didn't used to. And now that I'm getting older, I wake up in the middle of the night and I will be like, oh, my throat, there's a tickle. I bet I'm dying. But only at like three in the morning, like during the day, I'm fine. But at three in the morning, I'm pretty sure I'm dead. Yeah. And so that's why I'm glad we have Carbon Health, because I sometimes want to talk to somebody at three in the morning and confirm that I'm going to make it through the night. Absolutely. <laughs> Chad, yes, do you have those? I, late night anxiety. I just call that anxiety. It's just it's, it's perpetual. <laughs> it never stops. Um, but yes, as 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 one gets older, yes, you de you definitely need to be mindful of of how you're feeling. And speaking of people that are getting older, oh, uh, today as we record this, it is Mr. Michael Vogel's birthday. Hey! And look, look at this. Um...
That's right. Happy birthday, Michael. Happy birthday, well, Michael. <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't do better than that. You can't you can't do better than that. <laughs> so you'll be reaching out to Carbon Health, I'm sure, to get a physical to get yourself squared away for sure as you enter into this new golden age. Wait, no, I don't want to say that. Okay, before. we're not at the golden age. <laughs> we're like, it's, okay. Let's just let's not uh, let's not jump the gun there, fellas. All right, I will Blanche. say I was talking. All right, to, Blanche. Go ahead. Yeah, I was talking, talking to our friend. I was talking to some of our friends. I realized you guys at this point uh-huh. have been with me for. At least half of my birthdays, if not more. We have now wow. surpassed the point. I have been with you yeah. for more birthdays than I haven't. <laughs> That's crazy. That is crazy. It feels like we all met like two years ago. This is crazy. Wow. Yeah, well, then, well, fair enough. Well, for those of you who are watching, send Michael a happy birthday wish down in the comments section as you're watching this for sure. And so many of you give him compliments anyway. So just add the happy birthday to your compliments while you tell him how much wow. you love him in the comments section. How much you think Mike is right about everything. Make sure you add that happy birthday as well. Anyway, all right. <laughs> at least, at least, at least Johnny's not bent out of shape about it though. So that's <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can get upset at the compliments today. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. That's for any sure. other day. Open <laughs> well, we're going to jump into this. So what we're going to do here basically is each of us is going to talk about a trailer. We're both going to present two trailers in the first half. It'll be uh, it'll be uh, what Mike Shannon, then me, then uh, Mike Shannon and me again. And we're going to talk about all the things that are coming through. So, Mike, uh, do you want to start us off here? Birthday boy. What's our first trailer? Well, so, yeah, we this is the trailer that kicked off this conversation. There wasn't a lot of major news this week, but the other day we were all sitting around and within like an hour long period, like 95 trailers came out <laughs> and we were all losing it. Yes. Uh, and the first one that got us really excited uh, was, uh, you know, it's been teased for a while, but A24 finally released their full trailer for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, uh, mm. starring Michelle Yeoh, Jamie Lee Curtis, and directed by the Daniels, uh, who you might know from Swiss Army Man. Uh, this trailer is completely bonkers. It's mm. completely amazing. Um, Michelle Yeoh plays uh, the downtrodden Mrs. Evelyn Wang, who's struggling to keep up with her taxes and taking care of her family and running her laundromat. And uh, she goes and sits down with Jamie Lee Curtis, who is looking like the whitest of white women that you've ever seen, uh, giving her some problems, saying her life doesn't look good. And then all of a sudden, Michelle Yeoh splits. We are full multiverse. And I just love that at this point in cinema, We've now gone full multiverse everywhere. Like Marvel was like, we got a multiverse. DC's got a multiverse. And now everybody is multiversing it up. And from that point on, I can't really tell you what happens in the trailer because it's all batshit bananas. Like, but Michelle Yeoh (laughs) is going through realities, absorbing the memories or skills from her different multiversal counterparts and apparently saving the world from some ultimate evil, which I don't know if the ultimate evil is Jamie Lee Curtis, but I really hope it's Jamie Lee Curtis because I really want to see them fight. So uh, it was a complete bonkers trailer. Um, Our friend, uh, our good geek buddy, Stan Wang said it looked like eternal sunshine of the Asian mind, (laughs) uh, which I think was pretty accurate and pretty much summed up. He is Asian, so you can say that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, confirming Stan Wang is Asian, but like that pretty much sums up what the trailer was. I was blown away, uh, but what did you guys think about it? I mean, I thought it was awesome. I mean, you know, we've talked about this on our shows before that periodically when we all live closer, um, we would do these things called dude nights where a bunch of us would get together. We'd go see um, sometimes an awesome movie, most times kind of a crappy movie. And then we would get just uh, blisteringly drunk afterwards and just laugh and have a great time. As I was watching this trailer, I was like, oh my gosh, like we haven't done a dude night in forever maybe this is the one to yeah. to to bring us back i mean just you know just watching the watching the general public become familiar with the concept of the multiverse which has been in comics you know forever um you know and, and pop culture has done it before i mean you know the most recent example or not most recent but um uh, an example that i think that the, the first sort of push to get the general public to know about it was in uh fringe you know mm. the old fox show which was fantastic yeah. and then they started to kind of slow pedal it with uh with the the cwdc stuff mm-hmm. and now because of marvel because of dc um the general public now kind of knows what this is in terms of being able to use for uh for entertainment and so the fact that they're able to they're using the term multiverse um in the trailer and watching michelle yo that that image where she 
it kind of runs into something and you see the, the glass crack and you see the different versions of her. I was like, that is just such a cool visual. And, you know, new filmmakers like this, um, it's, you know, that's where, that's where the next wave of cinema is coming from, from guys like the Daniels. And I, I'm super excited to check this show out and, or this uh, film out. And I'm very excited to see uh, Kiwe Kwan back up on the big screen. Oh my yeah. God. Right. I mean, both him and, and Stephanie Houston, who I, who I like from the Nora from Queens um, series, she plays Shushu, the young Shushu. Having her, she's been popping up in this AT&T commercial with the hand and the finger, all of that really funny. She's a new kind of funny comedy comedian coming on to play these roles. So having her and uh, and uh, K play the, uh, the the daughter and son is perfect. Just very very funny. Well, it works so well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and just like and just like Michelle Yeoh get to play multiple versions yes, of the daughter right. and son. Exactly, which is so much fun to see. But yeah. This, as you said, Shani, make an excellent point. They laid the foundation already within our pop culture, our mainstream, the idea of a multiverse. Now that that's been laid, let's play off of that. Let's let's jump into that. And it's not like this is the first film to do that. Certainly, the Fountain messed around with that. Cloud Atlas messed around with that. This idea of of different versions of yourself at different time periods, both in the future and in the past. But this feels like it's one that isn't going to take itself too seriously. Yet within it, buried amongst all the madness of the trailer, is that one moment that Michelle Yeoh says to her daughter or to her son, you know, of all the places I could be, of all the universes I could be, this is the place I want to be and it's with you. And that tells you that no matter how far out we're going on, no matter how crazy it's getting, there's a heart at the center of this that leads or connects to what her overall goal is by the time she figures out, levels yeah. out what is happening here. And that means a lot too. So A24 is just a brilliant studio for finding these kinds of um, mind-bending, fun, interesting approaches to cinema, interesting approaches to story, getting the Daniels involved. A lot of people like Swiss Army Man. Um, and so this just makes so much sense. And giving Michelle Yeoh the chance to play comedy, which she rarely gets the chance to play in out on our side of the pond is so much fun to see as well, along with the action. And Jamie Lee Curtis better be the villain. Better yeah. be the villain. I mean, she looks like the villain. Right? I, yeah, I mean, I think that you make a really good point about that one moment where she's like, of all the worlds that I could yeah. be, I'd rather be right here. Like, you really do get the sense that this isn't just a, let's just do a bunch of action and some crazy shit. Like, there right. is actually an emotional story here. And to your point, fucking give Michelle Yeoh all the parts. Like, give her a role where she can be emotional and funny yeah. and badass because she can do all of those things. Like, she is one of the most amazing actresses we've got. Mm -hmm. And so seeing a movie that really showcases her and lets her just go wild like this, yeah. I mean, that in and of itself has me sold. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm super, super stoked for this. It it looks like it's gonna be out there. I also think, and you make a really good point about A24, yeah. We talk, we cover this every few weeks. Every time somebody says they don't want to make a superhero movie, everybody, somebody dogs on Marvel. Everybody says <laughs> cinema is dead and we're not making interesting films anymore. And you can say whatever you want about A24, but they're making some interesting fucking movies. Oh, yeah. Not all, not all of them are good. Not all of them are bad. They're all over the place. But A24 is kind of filling that gap of we're doing really high profile high concept, yeah. really different kinds of movies with some really big names in front of the camera and behind the camera. And I think they kind of disproved this idea that cinema's dying and we're only doing these big tentpole films because they're doing crazy, crazy shit yeah. and people are digging it. I'm digging it. Do we have a release date for that one? Does it did it say when it's coming out? Do oh, I'm know? so bad. Let at people know. Uh, it premieres March twenty second. Nope, March twenty second, twenty twenty two. So okay. get ready. For a Geek Buddies dude night. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll save up my uh, gas until then. Uh, all right. What's our uh, what's our next trailer here, uh, Shannon? So our next trailer is coming to Apple TV. So mm. in the wake of Knives Out, Murder on the Orient Express, the idea of like the murder mystery has started to slowly climb back into, into the spotlight. Um, murder. I've always thought murder mysteries were a blast. I mean, Clue, Clue is one of my favorite 80s comedies. Two, two, of, two of three, two of the three geek buddies definitely recommend it. Uh, <laughs> but 
<laughs> following in the wake of those, uh, we get the after party. So this is also from Lord Miller from Into the Spider Verse, uh, Into the Spider Verse fame, uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, the Twenty One Jump Street films. Um, this is sort of a stacked comedy cast i mean you've got tiffany haddish is basically our inspector we got dave franco who looks like he's probably the victim sam richardson ike Barinholtz, ben schwartz alana glazer i mean it's just a stacked stacked group of comedians and knowing that this is going to be a, a, an eight episode series uh, it just looks so it, it just looks so like like so much fun right now and and apple tv they are doing some great comedies like like in the wake of Ted Lasso, we had a show called uh, Acapulco that is its last episode was last week. But it is it is just a beautiful, beautiful comedy. And now in January, we're going to get the after party. But gentlemen, I've gushed over it enough. What did you all <laughs> think of our first look at or second look of the after party? Mike? Uh, well, I mean, kind of to your point, it does follow in that. Uh, Knives Out, Murder in the Orient Express thing of like, let's get some huge names and some amazing character actors and just let them go. I mean, the fun of a murder mystery is that you have like these larger than life characters and everyone's a suspect. So everyone gets to play it over the top. And that based on this trailer, 100% looks like what that's what's happening. It also looks like, and I could be wrong about this, but based on the trailer, it looks like we're sort of going to be going over each episode is going to kind of be from a different character's perspective. And we're yeah. going to see the same stuff happening, but from what they thought, I mean, Tiffany Haddish kind of says like, I want to hear your story because the way that you saw it, the way that you thought it happened is different from the way that they did. And just based on the little that we got from some of the characters and kind of the things it's like, Oh, we're going to see one person go like full musical. We're going to see one person do this. Like, it looks like it's going to be really, really out there. And I mean, there, there are, there's a, there's few names out there that I kind of trust almost implicitly. And Lord and Miller are two of those names. I mean, yeah. I think that they, they really know how to tell a great story. They always, always like, I mean, I remember when cloudy with a chance of meatballs came out and I saw the trailer, I was like, eh, I'll go see this. It's animated. It looks fine. And was completely shocked by a, how funny it was but B, how much heart a movie about food falling from the sky had. And they've consistently done that, even up through, uh, and obviously with Into the Spider-Verse, which most people think is the absolute best Spider-Man movie that exists, because well, for it's, for now, uh, because it's <laughs> amazing and funny and has heart. So I have no doubt that even though this looks like super high concept, out and out, just balls to the wall comedy, uh, even with 21 and Jump Street, they managed to have some good feels in there. So I kind of think this is going to be the same thing, and I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, man, this looks like a lot of fun. I can I, I didn't know it was a series initially, and then, of course, as I was watching the, and checking it as I was watching the trail, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And I think you make an excellent point, Mike. I think it's absolutely right. I think it's going to be told from every person's point of view. And so There's even like a musical sequence at one point. You're like, well, what is that? Is that whole episode going to be a musical episode? Is that them doing a send-up on those episodes in the past, like the Buffy episode, these other episodes that were musical episodes? Are they going to make fun of that? Plus, we've seen in the past where comedians get together and make films and they all cast their friends and it's crap. This does not look like it's going to be crap. This looks like uh, you know these comedians who have been establishing themselves for the last few years, a lot of Glazer, Ben Schwartz, what have you, in numerous parts and now getting a chance to have some fun. This feels like a cousin to This is the End, which looks uh, which was a lot of fun to watch. So this feels kind of in that vein, not quite so cataclysmic, but looks looks like it's <laughs> taking advantage of these all these comedic actors like kind of in their semi-prime right now in terms of their talent, their abilities, and their uh, exposure. So it's great to see them. And Dave Franco, where the hell has he been? So it's nice to see him kind of pop up here because I'm i a fan of Dave Franco big time. So nice to see him kind of pop up in this and have uh, uh, an interesting part to play for sure. Uh, uh, so I, I like that. And Tiffany Haddish is also connected to our next trailer, playing also a, a, a person of authority trying to find out what's happening as well. But looks good here. Baron Holtz in this. It looks very clear they're trying to make Baron Holtz the guy who probably killed him. There's that weird moment with his daughter, which is weird. Listen, so what, so what? you know what you never say? You know what you never say about a whodunit murder mystery? Yeah. Is it looks like this is who did it. I was trying to finish my sentence before you cut me off, which I was saying that it's probably not him. It's probably someone else that you least expect. But what's what is the moment where Tiffany Haddish slices off the head of that guy? What is that all about? Is it does she find out that maybe this whole thing has been a setup? I don't know. So there's a lot of places we can go and some great comedic talent here. And it looks very well shot. Look, you can say whatever you want about Apple TV and, uh, you know, are all the series good? 
the quality, the film work, the, the what they're using, all looks like high high end quality. So at least this looks fantastic, if nothing else. But having all these all this talent involved, I'd be surprised if it's not a massive hit. So I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, I mean, fully fully agree, John. I mean, I can't. What was the what was the not House of Jacob the the show with Chris Evans the Apple TV where oh, he yeah, played yeah, yeah, yeah. the dad. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, as Jacob, a, defending Jacob, defending Jacob. That's what it was. Right. Yeah. Uh, like as a series, like it ended. I was kind of like, eh, it was you know, it was okay. But right. but the way that Apple TV series look, as you said, I mean, they just look they look expensive. Yeah. Like it looks like there's a lot of money, a lot of money up on your small screens. And yes, I totally agree with both of you that this is probably going to be just an absolute blast and the first episode or the first episode maybe it's going to be more than one yeah. drop january 28th on apple tv plus uh all right yeah so well, let's move on to our third trailer it's my turn now jump it up and it's the unbearable weight of massive talent we've been hearing about this project for quite some time now when we finally got a trailer for it, a teaser they say teaser i refuse to call it a teaser trailer uh, anything over two, anything that's over two minutes is not a teaser trailer. That's a trailer, damn it. But anyway, they're calling it a teaser trailer. This is Nicolas Cage playing dot, 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 Nicolas Cage in kind of a being John Malkovich kind of situation here with his big number one fan being played by Pedro Pascal. They get into this kind of situation where they're in essence being chased down by this big bad villain and they become this kind of comedy duo, kind of, uh, I don't know, buddy cop, go, buddy situation here where they're trying to figure out what's happening it's incredibly funny. Nicolas Cage with having a the early conversation in the trailer with Neil Patrick Harris, essentially probably playing his agent or his manager. And also he's taking this because Nicolas Cage is out of money, needs money. And he goes and does this birthday for a million dollars for Pedro Pascal's character. He's got a uh, dummy of him from face off. That is hilarious uh, or a wax figure, whatever you want to say. And then it leads to all these like really fun action adventure moments leading to the moment at the wall between Pedro and Nicolas Cage that is the highlight of the trailer for me, literally broke me as I was doing my reaction, which is up on the channel. I broke in that moment because it was so brilliant. Ah, ah, I'll never forget you. It was brilliant on so many levels. So for me, this is incredible, and I can't wait to see it as a fan of both, both Pedro Pascal and definitely Nicolas Cage. This looks like a blast. Boys, what did you think? I mean, talking about our talking about our our dude nights. I mean, this is another mm. one <laughs> that that I think, I think I think Vogel even tweeted uh, 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 about this one in terms of, in terms of although, dude nights. Although I, to... I got our friends' tweets wrong, so I was just tweeting random strangers on Twitter asking them to come see the movie. With us, so that was cool. <laughs> just random. Don't know who you are, but hey, you're invited now. Join us. <laughs> When someone of Nicolas Cage's stature, when they are able to step back and kind of uh, put the microscope on themselves, uh, you get some of their best work. I mean, you think of like uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme with JCVD, um, like that was oh, someone that I've never considered to be a great actor. I mean, just delivered an incredible performance. Being John Malkovich, you know, opening opening up to the, the absurdity of this idea yeah. and how he just fully leaned into it. I love the fact that Nicolas Cage is leaning into the comedic version of Nicolas Cage when he finally realizes that he's speaking to the guy who hired him with Pedro Pascal and that, you know, fist into the hand, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> After listening to the Seth Rogen book, uh, your book, which I, you know, had talked about on a, a few episodes ago, um, based off of the story that Seth Rogen tells about Nick Cage, it's like this totally lines up um i i love that they are going to do this big ridiculous action comedy with yeah. nick cage and, and 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 a big fan of his i think this looks absolutely funny pedro pascal is always a joy to see on screen especially when he doesn't have to have a helmet on even though i love him with the helmet on um yeah i am i am so so totally jazzed to see this movie and if if you don't need to look any further than just the name of the movie, the title to be like, okay, we're, we're going to have a good time with this. <laughs> Mike. Yeah. I also think there's something, I mean, there's, 
there's this weird sort of thing. Like I think everybody, we all have our action stars that we love, mm-hmm. and we all would love to hang out with them. And you're all like, yeah, if, if you know, we we would we would be awesome. And it looks like that's <laughs> what this movie kind of is. Is that Pedro Pascal has invited Nicolas Cage to hang out with him, and he's super excited about it, and he's a big fan of all of his movies. But then also like. Either he knew he was in some shit or some shit goes down and things turn into this thing where Nicolas Cage now becomes the Nicolas Cage that we know from the movies, even though that's not who Nicolas Cage is. Like, the levels of meta are insane. But it looks ridiculous in all the best ways. Nick Cage has mastered the... To your point, Shannon, we've talked about, you know, the Jean-Claude Van Dams, the Bill Murrays, the people that get to that point of their career, uh, William Shatner, where they're just like, I don't give a fuck, I'm just having fun. Nicolas Cage has gone past that into... Mm. I'm going to do the weirdest fucking movies that anyone has ever seen and fuck you. Like, that's like, I don't know what else he's like. It's just like, he's just off on, he's off the, he's just doing his own thing, living his best life. And I don't know that he cares what any of us think about his movies. I think he's just living his dreams, living his truth. Yeah. And God bless him for it. It's a cage of or a Nick of for sure happening right now because, I mean, ever since Mandy, he's done some really interesting projects that have gotten a lot of love from the critics like Colorado Space, certainly him coming back to be part of the Croods uh, for, the sec- for the sequel there, and then being a part of this. And then Pig. Pig, he is being nominated for Best Actor on in a number of these guilds, a number of these uh, critics' organizations, uh, and that's a great thing. And if you haven't seen Pig, it's on Hulu now. It's a fantastic movie and he is damn good in a revenge movie like this over his pig uh it's so brilliantly done and he's a guy that you know years ago people made fun of but nicholas cage made shoot made clear in numerous interviews even back then i like to work with young upcoming talent i like to work with new talent because they're the people who are pushing the boundary does it always work no but i like that i can uh kind of work with someone like that and challenge myself in the projects that they're creating that worked out with Mandy it worked out with color out of space, even though Richard was coming back after 20 years, Richard Stanley. But in this situation, Gordon the the director, Tom Gordon he's only done ghosted and that terrible movie, that awkward moment. So he's still kind of relatively young as a, as a director and a creator. So him working with him kind of and pushing the boundaries here, there's, there's a joy in that. And I love that his philosophy is now bearing fruit these few years later to where he might get a nomination for best actor at the Oscars for Pig, which would drive everyone insane, I think, uh, with joy or with weirdness about it. But he's in on the joke. That's the thing that's great about Nicolas Cage. He's in on the joke. And watching this movie, you know he's in on the joke, and that helps you enjoy the film. I think think in this movie he's in on the joke. But I think in general, it's not even that he's in on the joke. I think that he's just, like, we all went to theater school. There's always the people that want to be the lead in everything or want to be on the main stage or want to be that. And that kind of carries through into the industry where you want to be, you want to have your Marvel franchise or you want to be the star or you want to get that Oscar nom. I don't think Nicolas Cage cares about any of that. He's a process guy. He's like, what's the weirdest role I can do? That sounds interesting. Do you know what I would like to do for the next three months? I, I don't want to do this like romantic comedy. I don't want to do this sort of by the numbers, big action, special effects bonanza. I want to go do the thing where I beat up a bunch of like weird Chuck E. Cheese characters. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, Wally's Wonderland. Right. Exactly. I want to go cry. I want to go cry over my dead pig. Okay. Yeah. Like he's like, let me pick the weirdest fucking thing because I'm interested in it. And I think that'll be fun. And I think that's as far as it goes for him. He's like, what's yeah. the most interesting, weird thing? Maybe it's not going to work, but let me try it. And honestly, you got to love him for it. Like, that's great. Absolutely. You got to follow your passion. You got to follow your dreams. All right. That one comes out on April 22nd. So we're right around the corner. Um, if that other film, stick, if uh, um, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once sticks around for another month, maybe we can do a double bill of a dude night. I don't there know. You go. Uh, we'll see. Um, all right. Well, let's take a quick break <laughs> and we'll uh, jump into our second half and keep going with these trailers i don't know what's beeping but it's annoying the crap out of me let me check and see what it is but we'll be right back uh right after this I wasn't sure if we were allowed to say the words. There was an episode of Sports Night from like over 20 years ago where they got in trouble for singing Happy Birthday on air. Fair enough. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, we that, get you gotta make up like you gotta make up your TGI Fridays version. Then you're in the clear. Oh. Happy, happy birthday. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> or try this. 
I think that works too. I do, well, come on. Oh no, he literally just—he—he's he, not. He's dead. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's keep going with these trailers. Who's up first now? Uh, Mikey, you up again, right? It's up. I'm up again for round two. All right, so uh, also got an amazing trailer this week in the world of animation. DreamWorks released their first look for the bad guys. Uh, which finds the world's greatest villains teaming up to make being bad look good. So the film uh, introduces us to Mr. Wolf, voiced by Sam Rockwell, uh, who has his crew of uh, the worst of the worst, Mr. Snake, uh, Mark Maron, who can crack open safes with ease, Mr. Shark, Craig Robinson, who is a master of disguise, Mr. Piranha, played by Anthony Ramos, the muscle of the crew, and Miss Tarantula, Aquafina, who never met anything she couldn't hack into. Uh, and so they call themselves the bad guys. They spent years pulling off heists and other crimes. They're infamous. They're crazy. Everybody's scared of them. And based on the trailer, it looks like uh, Mr. Wolf decides he doesn't want to be the big bad wolf anymore. And he wants to try and do good, which causes all kinds of problems for the crew. So that all sounds really fun. It looks really cute. The thing that everybody's been talking about uh, online about this trailer, though, is actually the visual style. Mm-hmm. Um, so this visual style looks really, really unique, super different than anything that DreamWorks has done before. It's this blend of CG and 2D. Uh, even on the characters, it's a mix. Um, so it looks really, really interesting. Looks really, really cool visually. And a lot of people pointed out that we are clearly living in the era of a brand new animation art style called We Really Liked Into the Spider-Verse. Let's do something like that. And that's amazing <laughs> because we actually, uh, you know, I'm a big animation fan. Obviously, it's what I do all day. Um, but particularly when you get into Disney and DreamWorks and Pixar and some of the bigger ones, like there's uh, each each studio kind of has their house style, and depending on the project, things get a little pushed this way or a little pushed that way. But you can kind of tell what a Pixar movie looks like or what a DreamWorks movie looks like. And thanks to Sony and Into the Spider Verse, people are finally really getting ready to take some bigger risks, even with their feature animated films. Um, and try different styles and try different looks. And so we're definitely, definitely seeing that with the Bad Guys trailer. Um, so I was really, really intrigued by that. I was really interested in that. I think it looks super fun. Gentlemen, what did you think of the trailer? I thought it was great. It basically is Ocean's Eleven uh, in reverse, right? Them trying to, well, I guess they're not, yeah, but because they still do steal the money, but I guess it's in reverse. They're trying to kind of do the right thing, want to change their path. You know, people say all the time, oh, the stories are, they're, you know, it's the same story. Of a, like people came after Encanto, some of these reviewers, and said, oh, we've seen this before. The black sheep is actually the one that can save the family. And I'm like, well, what's so new about this? You know, what's it, the thing is with animation, you approach it from two different points of views or multiple points of views and you create something new and unique. And certainly here you're seeing that. I agree. The animation style is very interesting. And I wonder, Michael, because and you might I'm, you're obviously more knowledgeable about animation, but I don't know how knowledgeable you're about international animation. This is a French American filmmaker. This guy has. Uh, a lot of influence and he's worked his way up through dreamworks and this guy the director of the film and so this feels like it's got a little bit of a french influence in the few animated french things i've seen which which affects the style and i think that's great that that's crossing over into uh mainstream animation so just like into spider-verse had some anime influences crossing over into the mainstream style it's great to see that i love the voiceover work from everybody involved here zazie beats is also in this cast um and, and I, I enjoy all of this going on. I love the characters. Good to see Aquafina doing more. Good to see Anthony Ramos doing more out of In the Heights, doing the new Transformers movie and doing this and other projects too. Great to see him getting a lot of work because uh more Latinos involved in animation would be nice as well. So I love seeing all of this. So and I and I as I said, Michael, love the style, love the look, love the love the animals that they've chosen as well. All of it just works so well. So I'm excited to see what we're gonna get with this one. Sure. Yeah, this was I think trailer trailer five of six that came in as uh, on our on our group text thread, and it yeah I mean it was just it was just super super funny. Um, I mean the the writers of this uh, Ethan Cohen who you know who also wrote like Tropic Thunder, oh, Black Three started great. off on King of the Hill, um, and also the other writer uh, Hillary Winston who worked on My Name Is Earl. She actually wrote a pilot that I was in that did not oh. get picked up. Um, but I mean just the See, it's funny that you were talking about Ocean's Eleven. Like, I see it as Reservoir Dogs. I mean, the fact that it's like Mr. Wolf, Mr. Snake, oh, Mr. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, great point. Yeah. Uh, Even yeah, though Mr. I Wolf mean, was in Pulp Fiction, but go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. 
copy that. <laughs> I was talking about Mr. Pink and Mr. All- I was talking about everyone in Reservoir was a Mr. Something. Somebody um, else in another job is Mr. Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you say so? Um, but listening to the voice of Sam Rockwell, like yeah. Sam Rockwell is one of those performers oh. who, even though he 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 gets nominated for Academy Awards all the time, he's won an Academy Award. I feel like we don't see enough of Sam Rockwell. Like we don't get enough Sam Rockwell. Like I feel like he should be a more consistent, uh, more consistent presence on screen. And the fact that this is getting to, to show him off uh, even more is great. Uh, The Craig Robinson scene as the shark where he goes into labor. I mean, just a super, super funny moment. Uh, Yeah. And, after the trip, like I, I didn't really pay attention to the studio credits at the beginning. I was like, "Who did this?" Because it's like it, this looks unlike anything yeah. that I, that I've seen. And I'm like, I know it's not Pixar. I know it's not Disney. And then to find out that it's DreamWorks and Universal, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's that's awesome. Like I, I yeah. hope that other studios do take their cue, their that Spider Verse Sony cue, and take some more risks in animation because I think that's what's that's what's going to get more eyeballs on your project is something that doesn't look like something we've seen before. Yeah. Well, and I think John kind of nailed it and hit it on the head with, you know, look, we're all very used to anime influences mm. because anime is, you know, one of the most popular animation art forms that there is. And yep. we, you can easily tell when you're watching a movie where there's uh, an anime influence or an anime director who was brought over, or you're just watching anime that you got from Japan. Uh, French animation is a huge industry in and of itself, and they are amazing animators over there. When DreamWorks was first founded, uh, when Jeffrey Katzenberg left Disney and went over there, they hired a shit ton of French animators, and it's why in those early DreamWorks movies, uh, like Prince of Egypt, Spirit, Road to El Dorado, Sinbad, like the character animation is very, very different than Mm. what you were used to seeing in Disney and stuff, and it's gorgeous. Like It's amazing. Like Even now, if you go back and watch... Road to El Dorado. Just look at some of the character animation. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. And then more recently, uh, you know, uh, Riot Games has been working with this French studio, Fortiche, and they were like, let's show you what the fuck French animation can do with Arcane, and really blew us all <laughs> oh, out yeah. of the water. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the fact that there is this uh, French director attached to it, that, you know, like, that, that there's a lot more experimentation happening, there's just a different aesthetic happening, and there's not this need to adhere to sort of like, well, this is what works for a CG animated family film and this is what it has to look like. They're like, you know, these these movies, particularly these big budget animated CG movies that the studios put out, there's so much writing on them. There's so much consumer products. There's so much uh, you want to get a you want to get a series. You want to you know you want to do a sequel. You want to do a TV spinoff. Like you want it to be this giant machine that works in the way that animation can work when it all hits. Yeah. And there's so many voices kind of weighing in, and there's so many people. Oh well, let's make it. Ooh, she looks a little weird. Could we make her? And like you sort of end up homogenizing things a lot of times. And I think that Into the Spider Verse kind of woke everybody up and said, Oh wow, you know what? If we make it look really different and cool, maybe people will like that. Which. Yeah is one of those things that we as the audience think of as no-brainers, but having been in boardrooms, I can tell you, is not how everybody thinks about it. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll take your word for it. And the director's name is Pierre Pierre Perifel. I hope I'm saying that right, so I want to give him credit because uh, we keep talking around his name. We should say his name for sure and, and great stuff he's done. And yes, as I said, worked through DreamWorks. It, it did a, a Shrek stuff, worked on uh, Madagascar stuff, worked on other things like that to build his resume and uh, build his experience. So, yeah, it's great to see. Um, all right, what's our second trailer? Our next one has been a long time coming, um, but we are next year in 2022. We're going to be getting a, a Halo, a series based on Halo. So I imagine this is uh, a bit reductive for everyone that listens, but you know, Halo is a game franchise on Xbox. It started over 20 years ago. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, and before we actually get into the trailer, like, you know, for for our younger audience members, before online gaming, if you wanted to play, you could use multiplayer games like you had four you had four controllers. That was it. With Halo and Xbox, they introduced this concept called, um, oh, God, what was it called? It was like basically a a console linking. So Mm -hmm. you could link up to four Xboxes and then you could play 16 people. Uh, like with four different screens, like you would all have to be kind of like hard plugged in. But, you know, it just sort of opened the door to this idea of playing these huge 
multiplayer battles that people get to do online now all the time. But uh, Halo has had a really interesting journey. So I think it was after the third one had come out, um, Peter Jackson was supposed to be producing um, a, a feature film version. Wow. Um, I think it was for Sony. Um, but he was supposed to be producing Neil Blomkamp from uh, District 13 was supposed District 13 or District 9, which District 9, District 9, District 9. Okay, there is a District 13 movie, but it's not that movie. Yeah, um, but that's the he would, uh, parkour movie. Yes. Yeah. So he was supposed to be directing that kind of went into development hell. The game then they, they had some comic spinoffs. They had some book spinoffs. They had some more games. None of them really, I mean, none of them just captured the magic of that, of those first three games. But now Halo Infinite has come out, and I have not played it because I stopped playing Halo when I switched over to PlayStation. But mm -hmm. apparently Halo Infinite is, is really, really good. And it's out just in time for the Halo TV series, where Pablo Schreiber is going to be playing the Master Chief. Jen Taylor, who is the voice of Cortana, who's like the, the AI that goes with the Master Chief ever, the, the, the actress who voiced the character in the first three Halo games and, and more, she's going to be Cortana. So mm -hmm. it's a quick look at this, but you can see, again, it doesn't look like they're skimping on the budget. Like you've got these kind of massive worlds. You have a games accurate Master Chief costume. Mm -hmm. it, it's one of these, it's just one of these properties that I never thought we were ever going to get to see. But so obviously I'm very excited for it. But gentlemen, what did you all think of our first look at Halo? Uh, Mike, what'd you think? Thought it looked really good. Uh, don't really have it. Like it was like, it was not enough to give me a sense of what I'm really sinking my teeth into, mm -hmm. but it looked gorgeous to your point. I mean, it, you, I, I, the main thing I took away from the trailer was I'm so happy that we live in a time with these streaming services where they know that the big bucks are getting these franchises right and putting the right amount of money into it. Like, you know, for those of us that grew up, you know, in the past several decades watching these, who were nerds and love these things, like if we got, you know, something that looked halfway decent, we were thrilled. Like we never thought that we would be living in an era where they'd be spending hundreds of millions of dollars on these things, yeah. on video game franchises, animation franchises, like all the geek stuff that we love. Uh, I mean, you think about those early Dungeons and Dragons movies, you think of some of the other <laughs> things that we've lived through and you're just like, man, we, we were roughing it as nerds. <laughs> uh, and now you watch this trailer and even though I don't know, really, I don't really get a sense of what the story is. I don't really know. Uh, and I'm not the biggest Halo player either. So it's not necessarily like my thing, but it looks gorgeous and it looks fucking expensive as hell. Yeah. So I think it's going to be huge for Paramount. And, you know, I think that they hope that uh, what's going to happen with Halo is kind of like what's happening right now with Arcane and League of Legends, which is if you're like a hardcore fan of Halo, like hopefully this is for you. Hopefully they get everything right. But if you're not like a hardcore Halo fan, like I'm not, um, does watching this, if it's done well and gets me super stoked and excited, make me more interested in playing more Halo? You know, so I think that it's, a, it's, it's that ecosystem of a brand where you're like, if they can get you any which way, like get you in the novelization, get you in the TV series, get you in the game and get you to do all of it. Like that's the big win for them. Yeah. Yeah. This looks fantastic. I mean, they're only going to give you a minute because they really, this is a teaser trailer. Damn it. They really just want to give you a little bit <laughs> to get you excited and to, to show you the scope of the, sh of the series and to show you the amount of money they're spending. I mean, from looking at it right now in 2019, they spent, 40 million dollars on production costs for this show then they had to re-edit some of these episodes because of covid19 and work around that so this has been a long time coming for this series to come out it's coming out in early of 20 in early uh months of 2022 and it's got a great cast as you mentioned here already with pablo schreiber a lot of people love him obviously leave schreiber's brother but it's really great establishing himself in orange is the new black and numerous other shows nice to see natasha McElhone be a part of this as well i always love when she pops up and i think always had a big crush on natasha McElhone, so it's nice to see her getting a part here also charlie murphy is a fantastic irish actress that i've enjoyed on uh, happy valley and she was in the foreigner the jackie chan movie she was in peaky blinders for a few seasons so it's great to see her come in and be a part of this and bokeem woodbine which seems to be starting to who seems to be starting to pop up in interesting places now over the last few years so nice to see him being a part of this as well so this looks fantastic i've never played the game so uh i'm not going to come from a place like i know what i'm talking about i'm just talking about it from visually this looks awesome as shannon said the fact they got master chief video game accurate looks pretty badass 
good stable of, of actors and some good creators behind the scenes as well for this. And I'm looking forward to see what we're going to get overall. And I can't wait to watch this. And maybe this will motivate me to play the game. Although, don't you have to have an Xbox to play the game? Is that what it is with Halo? Is it Xbox specific? I don't think they ever made a. I don't think they made a version for okay. the PlayStation. They definitely didn't early earlier. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I've still got my Xbox then. but yeah it looks fantastic and and, you know but this is the danger right you're gonna walk out on a tightrope with a series like this because people love halo and so they're gonna be looking for any little thing that you get wrong or don't make work and uh tear it apart and so hopefully there's a little more grace afforded because you're finally getting this series uh and it works out we'll see Look, I, there, there were there were a handful of folks. One, a dear friend of ours, Dave Rapp, who's a huge Green Lantern fan. When oh, yeah. we walked out, of, when we walked out of the Green Lantern movie, he's like, "I liked it. I'm just happy I got it." So, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, this turns out better than than Green Lantern. I feel like that's what Shannon said walking out of Aquaman, but no, maybe I wasn't there. Maybe it's not true. Oh, I was there. I he mean, did say that. <laughs> it's not far off. It's that's not far said. off. I was I was standing right next to him, and that's exactly what he said to me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly what he said. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's move on to our last trailer here, and this one we've saved because we might have a bigger discussion about here. It's uh, the new Fantastic Beasts movie, The Secrets of Dumbledore. This one, of course, much maligned uh, right now, this franchise, for a number of reasons. Certainly J.K. Rowling dropping a tweet like the day of or the day before this trailer came out. That was really frustrating. Johnny Depp being moved off of this thing, whether no matter what side of the fence you're on, you know Johnny Depp was moved off. But if you're going to replace Johnny Depp, Mads Mikkelsen is not a step down, ladies and gentlemen. Some might argue it's a step up. He's such a fantastic actor. Having him coming in as Grindelwald here. We got Jude Law coming back, Eddie Redmayne, Catherine Waterston, uh, 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 Dan Fogler, and uh, Queenie Goldstein, the actress Alison Sudol, I think her name like coming back to reprise all these roles here and we're bringing in Caleb Turner to have a bigger role in this. Now we're putting together kind of a crew, a magnificent five for lack of a better term to go after Grindelwald and take care of business. We see Jacob get a damn wand, which is insane. What does that mean? Is he, does he have powers, not have powers? Or is this like Dumbledore just kind of win trying to make him a part of the team, all of that here. Um, But this, I will say this to go first I loved the trailer. And this may be a Transformers situation for some. You fool me once, fool me twice, fool me three times. But this trailer looked like they are having fun making these movies again. There was a smile, a smirk, a charm. The stakes were still there. The visuals were fantastic. And love seeing Mads Mikkelsen and a kind of older Ezra Miller, whatever your feelings are about Ezra Miller, but like seeing him uh, going toe-to-toe with Dumbledore was fun to watch. So overall... I really enjoyed this trailer. Gentlemen, what did you think? Um, I'll jump in first because uh... <laughs> you see you see him winding up, don't you? You see him winding up. <laughs> just 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 off to Vogel's right, you can see his fist doing this. <laughs> Mighty mouse style. Um, look, the trailer looked looks the visually it looks fantastic. I mean, I think Ezra Miller with the long hair, that moment with Jude Law. Yeah, that looks that looks super super cool. The the production design has never been the issue, right? Uh, with these movies, as Michael said, the dinosaurs were never the issue, right? Good point. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that they did bring back Steve Clovis to script this one. Now, I was not the biggest fan of all the Harry Potter movies, mm. but the thread that kind of made the last what four seemed very very consistent was uh david yates and clovis writing so they all really fit together very well you know the first four movies they're a little uh probably the best movie of the series but they don't they're not the right puzzle pieces because it's Mm -hmm. just different it's just different creative voices um with this one again everyone looks great but i was very let down from the first one i think i had probably it was a victim of my expectations that i was like oh my gosh this is these are the two things that i love a period piece with harry potter Mm -hmm. and it just didn't quite uh stick the landing and then the second movie was just such a just kind of a 
train wreck. I mean, again, oh yeah, horrific, beautiful, had some really cool sequences, yeah. um, but overall just left me wanting to a huge degree. So much like when I went into Rise of Skywalker, I was sort of emotionally separated. Like if I go in and it's good, great. Um, I'm not expecting it. It's it's not it's not a giant priority for me to see it the night before it comes out. So, but I mean, I will see it if it ends up being right. good. Great. Um, but uh, yeah, at this point I just have, I, I have nothing uh, invested in the series at this point. I think most, all of my franchise love is with the, with the books. Really? Que Queenie and Jacob are not enough for you to cheer for, to bring you back. You didn't like that story from the first. After the second movie. No. Yeah. This, that was unmotivated. <laughs> that was some unmotivated nonsense. Look, Emma five friend of the show. I know Mike's going to get way in here, but Emma five was friend of the show. Been our, on our reviews multiple times. She's the biggest Harry Potter fan that I know possibly ever that i know and she hated that second if you lose emma fife you've done something wrong with your harry potter movie michael so i love harry potter and i will always <laughs> love harry potter i love those books i think the movies do are, are a little uneven to shannon's point but they do a great yeah. job of capturing the magic and i love that we have those eight movies you know, I think like a lot of people, I struggle with my love for Harry Potter now because mm -hmm. J.K. Rowling just literally can't shut the fuck up on Twitter uh, and is so, and I know like, look, I, I will get into this in the comments and I, we can all argue about it, but like at this point, it's not like a misunderstanding. Like she's being oh, no. pretty transphobic. Like right. there was a, I'm trying to explain myself era where there was like, maybe give her the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. But I feel like with some of the more recent tweets, like we've kind of surpassed that into like, look, you don't like trans people. Like, I know yeah. you say you like trans people and you have trans friends and they support you. And I would love to sit down and talk to them and ask who hurt them. But like what you are saying on social media is harmful. Um, and it bothers me, but I still do love this universe. I thought the first Fantastic Beats movie was fine. Yeah, I was fine. a little, I was disappointed, but I was like, okay, we'll see. And then the Crimes of Grindelwald was such a shit show of a movie, I just could not deal with it. Mm -hmm. So then this trailer comes along. Now I agree with John; it's a really good trailer. Mm -hmm. They very wisely are like, shit, we're losing the fans. Let's throw Hogwarts into this trailer as Good much point. as humanly possible to remind them that they love Harry Potter. Maybe if we set most of this movie at Hogwarts and show them the room of requirement and have some students in the Great Hall with Jacob and make some jokes about the wand, people will be like, oh, I forgot that the last movie was garbage. I love Harry Potter. And that will probably work. But the bigger issue that I have, and it just <laughs> drives me crazy, is... When you have, and, and like, first of all, I think they're trying to do a little bit of bait and switch. I think that J.K. Rowling pitched them all on Newt Scamander is going to be the next big hero. And after the first movie, that was very clearly not necessarily the way it's going to be. And I think Newt Scamander is a very interesting character. I think there's a lot of great qualities that make him different than the typical lead. But I don't think they've really landed on what makes him great. So they're really kind of leaning more towards the Dumbledore of it all, which is yeah. great. And you've got Dumbledore the greatest wizard of our time and Jude Law is playing him and that's awesome and young Dumbledore is cool and you got Grindelwald over here and anybody who knows anything about Harry Potter knows these two battling each other, this super dark wizard and the greatest wizard of our time basically is like an epic gay love story that went horribly, horribly wrong. And so when I see a trailer for a movie called The Secrets of Dumbledore <laughs> and that trailer doesn't even broach, like think about... Sure. Rise of Skywalker trailers. And think about After Last Jedi, how everyone online and everybody was like, you were a, you know, you were a Kylo Ray stand. You wanted Kylo and Ray to get together. You didn't want Kylo and Ray to get together. You had a bunch of opinions about Kylo and Ray. And then the Rise of Skywalker trailer comes out, and for better or for worse, that trailer really leaned into the Kylo and Ray of it all. Yeah. So when you see a movie like this, where you have these two epic, the best wizard of all and the worst wizard of all, and you know that there is this gay romantic backstory to everything that's going on between them in a movie called The Secrets of Dumbledore, and they don't even go there, it's like, you just feel like we're just gonna get the rug pulled out from us under again. Like we keep waiting for them to be like, okay, but like, this is the story, right? Like this is what JK Rowling kind of said that this is what it was, but you keep not going there, what are you doing? So I think like as a strong, huge Harry Potter fan who also is gay, who thinks Dumbledore being gay is pretty cool, 
wished that we had dealt with that in the books and not just said it after the fact. But cool, like still cool that she said that Dumbledore was gay. To then have these movies where you're like, are we just going to ignore this? We're just going to make it about everything else. We're going to show you the bow truckle. We're going to show you Aberforth. It's, oh, look, it's young Aberforth. Yeah. We, now have, we now have Credence, who is like Dumbledore's sibling that we never knew about, and they're going to have to explain, and that's going to be a thing. It's Jacob and Queenie. It's Hogwarts. It's this. And you're like, just give me the fucking actual story, y'all. And so that is my feelings about this trailer. If I, I thank you for coming to my talk. <laughs> <time. laughs> um, if they do explore this relationship, will that change you around sure. on the film? I am like, that was my reaction to the trailer. And okay. I think given the first, well, the first movie didn't really touch on Dumbledore at all, but particularly given the second movie and how yeah. they just completely wimped out on it completely yeah my inkling on this trailer is that they're going to do much of the same or we're gonna get like a hey if you know you know wink wink dumbledore is gonna be like yes i made mistakes with him in the past i trusted him when i shouldn't have and we're supposed to infer like i'm worried that's what we're gonna get and if we do i will for sure be super pissed if the secrets of dumbledore is actually getting into the secrets of dumbledore and the movie actually delves into that I will give it credit. I will be the first person to be like, the trailer pissed me off, but they really went there and I was wrong and I'm super glad they did. Whether or not they can still pull off a good movie also remains to be seen. So I just feel like this, in an era where so many fans of Harry Potter, people who grew up with Harry Potter, who love it so much, really struggle with what what is this fandom for me? Like how long, like, am I going to stick with Harry Potter? Am I going to continue to love it? Or do I need to go on to other things? because of the JK rolling of it all, because of so many outside things, having this franchise that really does not capture the magic so far also exist, kind of just continues to push me away as a fan, as opposed to bringing me back in and getting me excited about more of the universe. Yeah. Which is the more egregious sin? Not touching it at all or doing what you, like kind of wimping Mm. out on it? Oh man, I don't even know. They're both really bad. Yeah. Like it just, it's both so bad because like I said, like, and you know, for anyone who's going to be like, well, why do you have to push your lifestyle into movies and stuff? But like, but like all the franchises we love at the heart of them, there are these romances. It's, it's Han and Leia. It's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you can go down the list of like every, you know, all the big things. It's like, we know these couples that we love and these romances and these people that we were waiting to get together. And then they finally got together. And isn't that great. And so to know that there's this entire story about Dumbledore and Grindelwald when they were younger and how Grindelwald kind of Dumbledore was just completely infatuated with him and all of these things. And now they've grown so far apart that they, that Dumbledore is putting together a team to stop him because he is literally the worst wizard aside from Voldemort, who's going to be coming up in the next several years. Like that's a really interesting story. And so to completely ignore it is bad, but to also kind of be like, okay, well let's throw the gaze a bone kind of also really sucks. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I think you don't, you can't choose, you don't have to choose one or the other. It could be equally bad. Uh, I agree. I mean, especially now in 2021, where we're being more aware, supposedly studios are more aware of all these issues, more aware of addressing them. And yeah, I mean, you know, Michael liked what was ha- what happened in Eternals. I didn't. I thought we needed more. But at least there was something there that you could hold on to in terms of a relationship and get a little bit of the understanding of what happened between them. That's at least more fleshed out than we had gotten in the past in a big studio film like that. So to me, I think it would be a colossal mistake for them not to lean into it, not to take the chance to put this out there and make that a part of the show, or make that part of the, of the lore and the canon and the series. And if uh, J.K. Rowling wrote the screenplay. Clo- Clo- he came in, Clovis came in and co-wrote it with her, but like she's credited as based on screenplay by. So she is credited, at least on IMDb. So I hope she didn't walk away from what she said in an interview and put it out there because I think that's the way to bring people back, fully lean into it. And then you can also go into the other secrets. With If you have Aberforth, then the sister comes into this. The mother comes into us. What are the secrets there? The stuff, as we said, we're going to all the stuff you said, Michael, with Credence. What is the secret there? So there's a lot here. Why is he giving the wand to Jacob? There's, a, there's just a lot here we can play around with in terms of secrets, but you got to handle the main one first. Then everything can uh, kind of um, uh, spread out from there. 
Shannon, sorry, yeah, I mean, well, no, I mean, we were we were thinking the same thing, John. I mean, yeah. because uh, J.K. Rowling is the one that said this. Yes. Um, as the architect of this universe, you say something. It is now it is now a thing like if if your intention was not to explore it, why even throw it out there? Like what was what was the point of that statement? Right. Were you trying you know? to grab some cheap attention or some cheap credibility points with the LGBTQ community without having to actually follow up on it? That's worse. That's I worse mean, you're using a community for your own benefit. I mean, I'll give her, you know, I'll give her a credit that like at the at the point in time when she came out after the books were released and said Dumbledore was gay, like that was pretty cool. Like I thought as a gay yeah. guy, I was like, I was glad that the person who, to Shannon's point, is the architect of the universe. So if she says it, it is true. Right. Uh, came out and said it. It would have been way cooler to find that out in the books. But just knowing that that's the case and knowing that he, that the greatest wizard of our time at Hogwarts uh, was gay was actually really interesting. Um, but then that did add a whole other level to what we found out in Deathly Hallows about he and Grindelwald. And so, like, like I said, like being able to see that happen. I mean, look, I, for me, it's two things with this movie. Like mm -hmm. if these movies were kicking ass, like if the first two movies were amazing yeah. and we were all eagerly awaiting secrets of Dumbledore, I would still have the issue that I have with the Grindelwald Dumbledore backstory not being addressed, but I would still be really excited. So I'd be much more in a, these movies are great. I know, I'm sure this is going to be awesome. I really hope they delve into it. Right. But be, it's kind of the double whammy of like, they're not dealing with it. And also this franchise is kind of broken. Like it's not working. So this yeah. is their big chance to get it back on track. Kind of like to what we were saying about this is slightly different, but a little bit the same, like with the end of the Spider-Verse, with the bad guys, with animated studios starting to take a chance and do things riskier with the style because they saw that with Into the Spider-Verse that worked. Yeah. Really going for the secrets of Dumbledore and really kind of diving in uh, would be super risky for them, but also might help get them back on track. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, well, this one's coming out next year. Uh, God, I don't have the date in front of me. Do you guys know when that one's coming out next year? I, I, I'm like Michael right now. I don't know. I when actually. <laughs> have they announced next it? Next year. Uh, next year. Have, have they announced it? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Announced. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, hold on. I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. I apologize, guys. I apologize. April. April, April 15th. Wow. April 15th. So these, these are all coming like right around the same time. Most of the trailers we talked about here on this show. So got to be. <laughs> Secrets <laughs> of Dumbledore will probably not be. A dude night movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, we'll see. I mean, Michael makes excellent, excellent points uh, overall. And, uh, you know, I, I, just, I hope it works because I, I, I think this franchise can still have such power for a lot of people, for new generations coming up. It can symbolize so many things. And, yes, you can move away from J.K. Rowling and those controversial things. You don't have to be tied to that. And I think moving away from it step by step is the way to go here. And hopefully she realizes that at some point and goes, you know what? Just pay me my money and for whatever you do, and I'll move on off of it. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, anyway. All right. Well, thanks so much for watching this episode of the Geek Buddies, a special trailer edition episode of the Geek Buddies. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, thanks so much for listening to us. If you're listening to us on the podcast as well. Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media on Twitter, it's at Geek underscore Buddies. On Instagram, at The underscore Geek underscore Buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel and wish him a happy birthday, it is at MK2. And if you would like to follow Mr. Roca and wish him a happy birthday in like 10 months, it is at The Roca Says. <laughs> Mikey. Uh, well, it might be my birthday, but my gift to John today was that after my TED Talk on Dumbledore, I'm sure you won't all agree with me in the comments below. But that's what makes the Geek Buddies so fun, is that we enjoy having the conversation. So if you would like to hear us continue to have lots of opinions on geeky stuff, here's what you can do. Uh, definitely hit the like button below, subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page, leave your comments below. What did you think of all these trailers? Uh, what are you most excited for? What do you think is going to be good? What do you think is going to be disappointing? If you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere podcasts are available, leave us some stars, leave us some comments. It helps us go up in the rankings so that more people can find us. And as always, the best thing that you can all do is retweet this video, post it to your socials, send it to your friends, tell everybody that you're really enjoying hanging out with the geek buddies multiple times a week at this point <laughs> yeah it's true that's true we're, we're gearing up we will definitely have our hawkeye review coming our spoiler review we'll definitely have a live spoiler review or a spoiler review at least of spider-man no way hope 
tentatively live. We're certainly negotiating that right now. So look out for all of that uh, coming up this week as well from us here on the Geek Buddies. And we do want to give love to our sponsor here, uh, Carbon Health, who has been powering these episodes over the last uh, few weeks of November into these weeks of December as we're uh, moving into Christmas, boys. Christmas is right around the corner. Uh, and you know, it's Christmas. Sometimes it can get a little stressful. Sometimes you're slipping on that sidewalk. You know, you, you're building that Christmas tree and you pull that, uh, pull that muscle or you're putting up that light uh, and you can't stretch out like you used to. Well, think of Carbon Health. They're the leading national health care provider with a mission to bring high quality health care to everyone. They got urgent care, primary care, virtual care. Uh, they've got 90 clinics in 14 states and they offer virtual care in 24 states you want to go to carbonhealth.com to see if you've got a carbon health facility near you that can help you no matter what's going on with your body no matter what's going on uh um with your muscles everyone deserves good health and they uh like making high quality health care accessible for everyone and certainly um if uh they don't go forward with dumbledore and do it right michael's gonna hurt oh some yeah people. carbon health <laughs> Carbon Health, please bring the defibrillator to the theater. Wait for me outside. There you go. All right, let's get out of here. Thank you all so much for watching this episode of the Geek Buddies. We love you madly, and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode from the Geek Buddies! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.